Today's show is sponsored by Frostburg Fiber Depot. Frostburg Fiber Depot is located at 9 West Main Street in Frostburg, Maryland. The shop features lovely American-made yarn and yarns from select international makers. If you are new to knitting or just want to expand your talents, they offer a wide variety of classes from beginner to expert, and it is simple to sign up on their website. Looking for the perfect holiday gift for the knitter in your life? You are in luck. Gift certificates are available. So this holiday season, make sure to stop in, sign up, and check out their website at frostbergfiberdepot.com. Welcome to Relish Pod. Where simple pleasures are gained by cooking what you eat. I'm Mark Witt. And I'm Tim Gallagher. And today we are still in the holiday spirit. So we'll talk about uh, the upcoming holidays. Thanksgiving's past. And this now we've got... Ninth episode? Is this number nine, I think Mark? it's nine already. Okay. It's hard to believe. Yeah. So, good Thanksgiving for you? Yeah, we had great Thanksgiving. Okay. We had about 24 people. Wow. Two turkeys. Nice turnout. Um, about 20 pounds of uh, dressing. And a good time was had by all, for sure. It's a lot of dressing. <laughs> it's crazy. I got a lot in my fridge right now. A pound per person almost. Pretty much. Right. Yeah. Well, you can't have too much. How about you guys? Great turnout. Yeah. We you know, had about 14, 15 people in our house. Again, two turkeys, two different methods, ro- roasted them both, but uh, two different uh, flavor profiles, if you will. Yeah. Uh, lots of great sides. You know, sweet yeah. potatoes made their appearance several several different ways. And yeah. uh, some other good root vegetables. So, yeah, good turnout, good food. Yeah. So, if, uh, if you're new to this show, we just did a Thanksgiving episode a couple weeks ago. And we'll do a little recap of that, and then we'll move on to some uh, holiday ideas. You know, we've got multiple. We've got Hanukkah and Christmas. Coming up, yeah. Yeah. So um, what are your thoughts on your Thanksgiving turkeys? And, you know, we talked a lot about brine and cooking methods and everything like that. You know, I was talking earlier to you. um, You know, we did talk a lot about brining brining methods the the last time for our last show. And I do think that they are great methods to use. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did hear some chatter um, about people were finding the brines were could be a little too salty. Yeah, and not really the brine itself, but their end results when they were using the using the drippings to make their gravy and, and such. Yeah. So um, you know, one thing that I was encouraging people was you have to be careful. Like you can't. It's it's almost you know, the salt ratio to the water ratio to the pound of turkey you're using mm-hmm. is important. Yeah. You know, you can't just grab that salt round or a box of kosher salt, whatever you're going to use for your salt, and just start putting it in water. Yeah, ratio you know? is important. Well, the ratio is important. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest thing that I think I, I, I could have, like, thought about is the fact that a lot of these turkeys that are store-bought are already, you know, saline injected. Yeah. Or some sort of, some sort of salt water solution. Yeah, something we kind of neglected to mention. Yeah, so it's probably not necessary to take one of those butterballs or whatnot um, and brine it because mm-hmm. I think that they're already doing that process for you to ensure that they're, you're going to get a nice, you know, yeah. moist turkey mm-hmm. and it's going to cook up nice. Then you go back and buy the same brand. Right, sure. exactly. So um, I think you do have to check the packaging to see, mm-hmm. you know, there shouldn't be any ingredients on that on that turkey. Yeah, you know, it should be one in, one ingredient, mm-hmm. and that should be turkey. Yeah, sure. Uh, but if you see anywhere saline salt, you know, any kind of salt solution, any of that, mm-hmm. you just have to be careful. And I'm not even sure rinsing it would even, you know, yeah. make a difference. Yeah. And if you still want it to brine to to pull out some flavor profiles, and it was already salt injected, I I would feel confident that you could put some seasonings in there. Mm-hmm. You know, your ginger, your bay leaves, yeah, you know, whatnot, any of those. But keep the salt out of it. Yeah. Okay. You know? Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? Good idea. Sure. So, and you, I know you had mentioned that you were going to do some brining. Did you have positive experience with that? So I tried something different. Uh, you know, I've, I've done so many wet brine turkeys. I wanted to try something new. Things I've been reading about, and one of those was a dry brine as opposed to a wet brine. And it's basically all you're doing is rubbing the turkey with uh, with salt, just straight salt. Uh, recipe I used uh, was uh, from a guy named Kenji Lopez, who's from Good Eats. A lot of you probably will recognize that. Um, but Kenji recommends a salt and baking soda 
Um, baking soda. Yeah, That's salt and baking soda mixture. Okay. And basically, you uh, just rub the whole outside and wherever you can. You know, you get down to the breast and everything like right. that. And uh, in, and uh, that's pretty much your brine, and you let it rest for days. I let mine rest for two days, just covered in uh, cheesecloth. Okay. Um, and I do not think that it was superior to a wet brine in any way. Wow. And you're and you're taking a completely. This is a completely thawed turkey. Yes. Completely thawed, ready yep. to ready to roll, or ready fresh turkey. Yep. And mm-hmm. just rubbing, rubbing, rubbing. Yep. Put, and then letting covering it, rest. it with cheese cheesecloth, and then letting it rest. Yep. Yep. In the refrigerator. Yeah, and I thought that every wet brine turkey that I have done has been superior. Um, his argument is that when you wet brine, you end up with wet, soggy meat that doesn't taste like turkey. It just tastes kind of like your brine. Okay. I've never run into that situation. Okay. Um, maybe that is because the recipe I use has like juniper berries and candied ginger. Right. And those and bay leaves and those sorts right. of things. Yeah. That's the only thing I can think of. Always had great success with the wet brine. And were your cooking methods the same? The same. Okay. Yep. Um, smoked on the big green egg okay. for till it was done. Right. You know, um, with lots with a couple uh, chunks of uh, oak. Um, so that's pretty much my follow up. Okay. But to, just to, to touch on what you had mentioned. So we had two turkeys. Um, Lydia's mom did a wet brine turkey and I used her drippings and I noticed and Lydia was right next to me as I was making the gravy, you know, taste as you're making these things, you're tasting, you're tasting. And I knew that it was way too salty. I right. Said, this gravy is way too salty. Absolutely. And I just cut it with water. Yeah. Good and idea. It turned out delicious. Right. You know, so you got to taste as you're making these things. You really you do. Always taste. You really do. And you know, and I encourage people to definitely season after you taste because it's so easy. It's so easy to throw a little salt in there, a little pepper in there, yeah, or whatnot. And you don't really need it, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. You gotta get a, you gotta get that, uh, you know, that baseline and see where I'm at, yeah. and then and then bring it up from there. Because yeah. it's just too easy to to over season, over salt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But other than that, it's a good day. Excellent. Everybody gets along. That's the, the football was thing. good. Yeah. Right. And the food was good. Absolutely. Well, you know, I'm excited about this episode. Um, I'm excited for several reasons. I mean, it's going to be a good episode. Mm-hmm. But the thing I'm most excited about is we've got a special guest today, Tim. Oh, and who is that, Mark? Well, we're bringing over Lydia from Record Talk Lesson. Oh, She's Lydia. She's going to sit in with us today. She's got her own thoughts and experiences mm-hmm. on some holiday food that she's going to share with us. And uh, yeah. I think she's going to bring a, a good bit of a charm to our show. So, Lydia, what's your holiday of choice? <laughs> my holiday of choice? Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Um, well, my holiday that I celebrate in December usually, but sometimes it, it varies depending on the lunar month calendar, um, is Hanukkah. Okay. Um, this year, it totally coincides with Christmas. Um, yeah. So, um, it's a holiday where all the food is prepared in oil. Huh. And why? Um, because there was... Uh, the miracle was that we only had uh, oil enough for one night in the eternal lame, but it lasted for eight nights. So it's an oil-based food holiday, meaning everything is fried in oil. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> how long does the holiday last? It lasts eight days. Eight days. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Eight so crazy nights. Eight crazy nights. Um, we light a candle for each night, um, and you eat traditional foods like mm-hmm. latkes. Yeah. And um, jelly donuts, or um, some people might know them as sufganiyot. So um, it's fun. Basically, it's the most unhealthy you can be <laughs> <laughs> celebrating a festival. Without and it the, is a Without festival. the guilt. Without yes, the yes, because you're doing your, you're doing your uh, duty. So the foods for this is, I mean, they could be sweet, they could be savory, they're all over the place. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. As long um, as you have the oil. As long as you have the oil. Okay. Now, um, I would say with any festival holiday, you mainly... There's people who usually make matzo ball soup. That's like a standard. Okay. Um, you can make vegetarian or um, chicken-based matzo ball soup. And matzo ball soup, for those who don't know, is it basically a chicken broth base um, with dumplings made out of matzo meal, which is basically crackers, matzo crackers, ground up into flour. That's what matzo meal is. So, um, And it's it's good. And if you're lucky, there's schmaltz in that. Yes, if you're the very lucky, fat. there's schmaltz. Uh, that's uh, rendered chicken fat. Oh, nice. oh and you can also cook your latkes in schmaltz, which makes them just a tiny <laughs> bit more decadent. 
Um, I think you were telling me about that before. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous <laughs> right, right. if you have the opportunity. So, right. yeah, it's good. Wow, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if we could, I would like to hear your method of making a latkes because yours, I'm sorry, Polly Joe, are my personal favorite. <laughs> That's probably because we live together. So, um, now let's break this. The, so, sure. um, what is the main ingredient here in these things? Potatoes. Potatoes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, latke is basically like a zhuzhed up home fry basically potato pancake potato pancake Something right like that. Um, but there's really no it's not mashed potatoes a lot of people think latkes are mashed potatoes fried up and that's not it at all you okay. basically take a potato and you grate it um so raw you shred potato. it raw potato, raw potato shred it and then what you do after that is once you have all of your potatoes shredded i use the cuisinart with the attachment because it goes a lot quicker but if you don't have that, you can use a box grater. That's fine. It's just going to take you a lot of time and watch out for your fingers. Yeah, right. So, right. Yeah. Um, but after you grate, grate all of the potatoes that you're going to be using, um, I squeeze the water out of them. That's probably key, I would imagine. That is a key. That That's the, if you don't do that, it will not turn out. Right. Um, it takes forever to cook. There's just too much water content when you go to fry. Right. So um, you squeeze the potatoes as hard as you can. And do it in batches. Just with your hands? Just with your hands okay. in the sink. I find that yeah. that's fine. Take your frustrations out of the day and <laughs> squeeze squeeze the potatoes. And then um, I put it in a big bowl. And depending on how big you're making your recipe, um, it, you put eggs in. And then that matzo meal shows up again. And if you don't have that, you can use flour to thicken it to make it hold together. Um, and then my method of placing them in the hot oil. And you want to make sure it's hot. Mm-hmm. Don't put a lacquer in not hot oil. It doesn't. Yeah, so we're pan frying here. Um, yeah, you can use pan. We have a wok that works really well. Something that's uh, bowl shaped is good because okay. you can get more oil in there. And, and the they're completely submerged. Completely submerged. Okay. Yep. And the frying in oil. So okay. some people at that point then flatten out the latkes and turn them into what would look like a pancake. Now I find that. That's fine and it's it's good, but they're a little bit thicker and they're not so crunchy on the outside. And my method for cooking latkes is, is pinching them and then just dropping them into the hot oil. And what that does is it kind of makes it look like a haystack of crunchiness. Nice. And then you uh, serve those on, you drain them on paper towels. And then uh, you put applesauce or sour cream on top mm-hmm. and that's how you eat them. Applesauce or sour cream? Yes. Wow. Yeah, that's the typical or traditional way. That's of the doing traditional it. way of eating it, um, uh, but a lot of people use sour cream and sriracha. <laughs> they, they are a perfect vessel for a sriracha sauce. Um, yeah, it really some, is. Nice. We when you did um, sour cream and sriracha and chives, which were very good. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can put whatever you would like on latkes. I would steer clear of the ketchup, <laughs> just as a personal thing. I mean, you could personal if you wanted. Preference. Personal preference, you don't put ketchup on latkes. If you're over the age of ten. Yeah. No ketchup on latkes. Um, the applesauce is nice because it's sweet and savory. Yeah. Um, and the sour cream is pretty traditional. It's nice. Okay. That yeah. sounds pretty good. So uh, just to be clear, I just want to understand this. When you're mixing them, you're mm-hmm. putting the flour in. Yep. And you're not then taking that out and like coating it in flour again. No. It's just inside. Yeah. It's almost like like you're making a batter. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's like egg, flour, and then you ma- I mix it all by hand. Okay. It's a pretty messy endeavor, but I think it's totally worth it. Right. Mm-hmm. A few years ago, Laura and I, well, I participated in a, uh, uh, it was more like a presentation of uh, local artists, chefs, restaurants uh, in Gary County that were utilizing all local ingredients, mm-hmm. as many local ingredients as you could. Sure. Um, and one of the things I made was latkes. But I kind of thought outside the box a little bit, and I did a uh, zucchini squash. Um, potato latkes. Oh, very nice. And then we did a peach romesco sauce. That's perfect. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's uh, like Tim said, it is a vessel for anything you want to put on it. Right. Um, and they are a treat. They are, they take a lot of, it's a lot of man hours to do it. Yeah. Well, we found, I had never made them before. We found <laughs> that out. <laughs> yeah. Especially when they said, you know, you were planning on uh, making latkes for three to 400 people. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. so we were in the restaurant for hours and I yeah. even had my son guy there helping us and, um, we were hours making these things. Yeah. I mean, I find that and th- with any fried food, the longer you wait, you know, it's not as good as it comes right out of the pan and it's right. super hot and crunchy right. and very good. And that's so when you want to eat these things. That's right? when like, you want to eat yeah. them is when they come out. So when we have, we have a Hanukkah party every year. 
people come over and they they enjoy the latkes but um the person cooking the latkes is cooking constantly like okay. the, it's, a, it's a holiday of like the person cooking latkes is in the kitchen constantly but i get to eat the fresh, fresh and you ones. and you'll find these anywhere throughout that eight days yeah um yeah there's no can, start or finish and there's say, no start okay, or finish. We, we made the latkes and we're not going to make them anymore no right. i mean you can i mean you will get tired of eating fried food for right. eight days right. don't get me wrong um, halfway through, you'll go, I need to have a salad because it's, it's kind of intense. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's any fried food really. And lacquers are a traditional part of that. So with any of the eight days, one of those, or maybe two of those days okay. should have latkes. And in do, do they fall in more for the dinner or breakfast or any, any time, usually Anytime. dinner, it's kind of a treat. Right. You have right. Like I, and I yeah. totally eat them for breakfast when we have leftovers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you uh, can do that as well. like they would be good for breakfast. As yeah, well. yeah. They're, they're right. very close to hash browns right. and definitely in the same family as hash yeah. browns. So. Right. Yeah. It's, but they're good. Oh, and I put, I'm sorry, I forgot to put this. Uh, instead of using real onions, Mm-hmm. Like chopped up onions and garlic. I use onion powder and garlic powder because then you're not competing with the potatoes themselves. Okay. And, and, and they cooks also, more evenly. You're also not adding more uh, water. Water. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Good so you, you took all that time to squeeze the water out of the potatoes. The last thing you want to do is then add more. Um, you might be able to do like crispy onions on top. Maybe that's another topping you mm. could put on um, as a side. Kind of huh, a thing. Interesting. You could do like latkes, like baked potatoes. I mean, it would be fun. Yeah. Something of that. Yeah. So no real um, heavy flavor profiles. You want the potatoes to. It's potatoes, to garlic, and onion. Garlic That's and onion. pretty much yeah. sim- right. really keep it simple. And a little then salt whatever. and pepper or anything A little like salt that? and yeah. pepper if you want. Right. Yeah, sure. Um, but really simple. Um, and then you can put whatever topping you want on. Nice. Sweet or savory. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds delicious. Yeah. I like that. So we've done donuts a lot here also, or sufgani oats. Yep. Pardon me. Um, no, you did and, it. That's good. And that's another one of your specialties. Yes. Um, so what can you say about making donuts at home? I can say about making donuts at home. People will um, create a line in the kitchen, <laughs> and then imagine. they will wait for them. And you, no matter what you say to them, do not eat this. It's very hot. There's molten jelly in the middle. <laughs> um they will bite into them and burn the roof of their mouth. So just be very careful and maybe just say, you know, stop before you do it. I have had um, a couple of recipes I've tried. One was very successful, but you basically make your um, dough, which you can, we'll put a recipe on the website. Um, And then you cut out two circles, put jelly in the middle, and then use an egg wash and close it up. And then you fry them. So that makes the jelly molten hot and ridiculous. So... Um, I use raspberry jelly because mm-hmm. I feel like strawberry is okay, but raspberry has it holds up a little bit better when you're frying it. And then I usually do cinnamon, cardamom powder, and sugar on okay. the donuts. So yeah. it's just like really nice flavor. Getting that filling in there is really the trick. That's the trick. You know, I when haven't, and when to do it and how to do it. When to do it, making sure that the donuts are completely sealed before you put them in mm-hmm. to the oil is a big deal because if you don't, then you've got jelly all over your oil and you got to clean it all out and it'll burn. It's not great. So you need to make sure that that's good. There are other methods, I'm quite sure, but that's the method I've used for the past few years. So one question I'm going to ask you here, and I meant to ask you earlier, okay. uh, oils. What, yep. what are, certain oils? Canola oil, high heat oil. High heat oil, yep. canola Canola, frying oil is usually canola oil is fine. You're not looking to use a vegetable oil here. Right. 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 To make your donuts. No. No. Right. You want to like a light, high heat oil. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because you don't want something like super thick. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, That makes sense. Uh Yeah. Good deal. That's Hanukkah, guys. Yeah. Those are the highlights for Hanukkah. There's lots of other stuff. There's noodle kugel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's noodle kugel. Um, Uh What else? Many other things that I'm sure were. You know, we're not mentioning here, but... Well, I mean, uh, any Hanukkah. traditional meal it would be like a masa bowl soup or like then a roasted chicken, and then you could have roasted chicken and latkes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's just sort of like a latkes, a side dish, although you can make a meal out of latkes. Um, there's something that we do in our family for Hanukkah party, and it's called a blintz casserole. So that is a basic cheese. It's just cheese, like all cheese, and then a really nice fruit compote on top, and it's really good. One nice. of them. Most delicious, decadent things. Yes. It's so delicious. Yeah, so we have that. And then... So what kind of cheese do you think? Well, it's like cream cheese and ricotta cheese and egg and sugar. Nice. And it's... Mm-hmm. It's That's really, really good. good. That sounds delicious. <laughs> it's very, very good. Um, and it is... You just put it in a big pan. 
So it's not that you're not making individual ones. It's this big pan. So it's very easy for you to get a large spoon and put a, lo- a large amount on your plate and eat nice, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just throw a dollop of that sweet fruit topping. Yeah. Mm. And it's really good. Actually, I think the holiday, the flavors that I'm used to anyway with Hanukkah is always a play on sweet and savory. Because the, the blintz filling itself is, is more towards the savory side. It's a little sweet, but not over sweet. But then you put the fruit on top and it's just enough. It's pretty nice. And when you're making uh, the donuts or the blends, is there, are there, is there uh, a chance for pre-work? Yes. Yeah, so you can make the dough ahead of time. Um, okay. Blends casserole, you can cook days in advance, keep it in the fridge, and if you're especially if you're having a party. Okay. And then you just basically cook down the, the vegetable, oh, the vegetables, the fruit. You cook down the fruit. And then um, you can do that ahead of time as well and just warm that up. And you yeah. can use um, cornstarch or arrowroot powder to thicken the... The, and, the, uh, and the donuts? I mean, is there a chance to do You some can do of the, the work? dough ahead of time. Yeah, Absolutely. Ahead of time. Yeah. And then you're frying them, but you want to yeah. at least wait a few minutes after they come out of the fryer. But Yes. Yeah, like, yeah you're going to have to prove them slightly. So letting the dough rise a little bit okay. between you kneading it first and second time and then uh, making them, putting the jelly in, and then letting them rise slightly, right. making sure everything's sealed. That's the last ditch effort you have before you throw it in the pan, the nice. hot pan of oil. Yep. The wow. latkes you want to make fresh. Black as you want to make fresh, yes, as much as you can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Make, well, make them, make them, and then fry them. Make yeah. them, and then fry them. them. Yep. Wow. Constant, constant motion in right. the kitchen. Right. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, Lydia, happy Hanukkah. Well, thank you very much. It's early, I know. It's a, well, you know, yeah, it's very early, but I, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> so, so when does Hanukkah start this year? Hanukkah starts, I think, the twenty fifth. Yeah, it's right with Christmas this wow. year. Yeah, it starts then, but it lasts a little bit longer. We, you know, we like the slow burn of a holiday. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. good. Well, so speaking of Christmas, Mark, that's what you and I mostly celebrate, or yeah, you know, for the most part, that's, those are our gatherings. Um, so, what uh, you know, what specialties do you have to talk about for your holiday Christmas? Well, I mean, you know, again, I think it's. <clears throat> Kind of like uh, when we kind of mentioned the Thanksgiving episode. I mean, the most traditional thing is the turkey, obviously. Yeah. But I think, you know, there's so many things out there. You can do lamb. You can do beef. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do pork, ham, Howard, you know, all kind of things. Yeah. Um, I'd say I, I I think on Christmas, I, I kind of like to eat. I'd lean towards maybe beef. Sure. A little bit more. Yeah. Um, you know, I eat plenty of turkey and roasted chickens throughout the year, you know. Mm-hmm. Beef is definitely a little bit more expensive, especially if you're going to do a roast or, you know, yeah, sure. ribeye or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've been doing in the last few years is a dish uh, called brajol. It's an you, Italian dish. How do you spell that? Brajol, I think it's B-R-A-C-I-O-L-E. Brajol. Brajol. And it's Italian, I believe. You had mentioned it earlier. It sounds yeah. really delicious. Yeah, so, so essentially... Well, essentially, brajol is, think of it like a, um, uh, taking like a flat piece of meat, pounding it out just a little bit so you have a, uh, you know, like a nice, let's say, one foot by, I'm, I'm guessing here, like maybe one foot by one foot piece of meat. Yeah. All, all flat. So, but uh, even thickness. Even correct? thickness. Of, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even thickness. And that so, thickness is, you know, it's up to you. Yeah. Okay. It's just going to be how big the brajol turns out. Okay. Um, essentially... What, what, There's a mixture. Go ahead. Did you have I'm a question? sorry. What what cut would you suggest? Well, so you know, I think typically this is made with a cheaper cut, like a flank steak. Okay. Something right. that's uh, a little bit tougher, mm-hmm. because it's one of these that you're going to essentially sear, braise, using those kind of methods to loosen up the meat. Okay. I have done it with tenderloin. Oh. Um, and tenderloin's amazing. Oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but it's not necessary to use the tenderloin because it's already tender. You know, okay, um, and you can do, but you can make brajol a little bit faster on a little bit lower heats um, to maintain that, t- you know, the the very tender results. Mm-hmm. But when you're cooking it, you know, I think the final results are going to be about an hour and a half, something like that, of cook time. Yeah, you know, an okay. hour and a half to maybe even two hours. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so walk us through this. So, uh, okay, so let's let's use flank steak. Okay, um, so we have a piece of flank steak. Again, we're going to pound this out a little bit. We're trying to get it kind of in a square kind of shape, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, essentially, on the on the guts, on the inside, we got some garlic, uh, breadcrumbs, uh, a little bit of olive oil, a little bit of parsley, a little salt and pepper, pretty basic stuff. 
um, and cheese. Okay. okay. I think mostly, you know, it calls for, if you look up a lot of brajol recipes, it's going to call for like a Parmesan or a Pecorino Romano, which is a sheep's milk Romano cheese. Okay. So like a dry, dryish kind of cheese. Yes. Not, nothing too oily. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're not, you're not looking for a, like a, an easy melting cheese. Yeah. Okay. You know, so yeah, definitely a little bit on the drier side. Mm-hmm. Aged cheese. You know, hard cheddar, I don't know. You can, like, whatever you're whatever you're looking for. But, again, I don't think you want it to completely – That you don't want that cheese to completely take over the, the flavor. Yeah, okay. Um, so, essentially, all we're going to do is we're going to make that uh, mixture, the red crumbs in the garlic cloves, the cheese, and the olive oil, mixing that up. And we're doing a nice layer all the way across it. Okay. okay? Kind of patting that in. Okay. And, essentially, from there, all you're going to do is roll this up into, like, a jelly roll. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So just imagine just taking it and just, you know, rolling it right across. So like any kind of like, you know, making sushi or anything, you're just rolling up. Yeah. So then you can imagine what the inside of this is going to look like. It's going to be like a big pinwheel. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. another term for it, a sure. pinwheel. Um, you know, a big spiral effect on the inside. Mm. Okay. Um, that's kind of a basic um, inside. Okay. A lot of times I use prosciutto in there. Yeah. You know, I put some meat on the inside to complement. You could, you know, you could use, um, I, you know, I could probably put bacon if you wanted. You yeah, know, it's sure. all going to cook in there, but I think I would probably pre-cook. But the prosciutto or something like that or other salamis go beautiful in there, high fats, um, kind of give off a little bit more of the uh, the fat inside there. Yeah. Um, so essentially the next thing that we have here is you need two things. You got to have your meat and your brajol insides. And then a very simple tomato sauce. I mean, you can buy one. You can make your own. But a, just a simple, basic tomato sauce is what you're looking for. Okay. So then the method is very simple. After you, after we roll it, the one thing that you're going to need for this is you're going to have to have some, uh, like, butcher's twine. Okay. Just to wrap, wrap it a little it bit. You've got to wrap sure. it and tie it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, I have used a toothpick method. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, if you're going to do that, you have to have a lot of toothpicks to kind of get that seal completely sealed okay, across. Sure. So it doesn't, so the flap doesn't, you know. Come come open, yeah. Um, and then the the method here that we're using is, is again searing and probably some some braising, okay, to to some degree. Um, you know, so an oven proof skillet or braising pan, depending on how big it is. A mm-hmm. um, little bit of olive oil in the pan, high heat, obviously, and we're looking to sear this thing, brown it on all sides, okay, all sides, okay. okay. Um, one of the other key ingredients here is some dry white wine. After we get it seared, we're con- cutting that heat down a little bit, just a little bit, and we're going to put some wine in it. Okay. And we're going to kind of reduce that wine. You know, we're definitely going to, like, bring it up, the, yeah. the wine. Yeah, we're, we're going to scrape the pan. You know, we're going to scrape all, all the, that's right. All that's, we're, getting all, we're getting all that good stuff off the bottom, mm-hmm. up into that wine. And we're going to reduce the wine pretty good. Okay. You know, pretty much almost... I wouldn't say too sec is a French term where it's almost dry. Probably not quite that dry. We still want a little bit of the wine in there. And then we're going to put our tomato sauce in. Yeah. And essentially that tomato sauce mixed with the wine, mixed with the with the drippings that are coming out of the beef is what's going to make our end result, which to the Italians, that's the gravy. Yeah. You know, um, we're starting with a tomato sauce, a basic tomato sauce. But when that uh, final dish all comes together, mm. um, it's a very beautiful thing. Nice. So at this point, uh, I think what we can do is we got it all brown. We got our tomato sauce in there. Um, probably depending on the size of it, maybe four to six cups of tomato sauce. Um, then we're going to pop it in the oven, three hundred fifty degrees. You know, mm-hmm. cover it. You can cover it with foil. You can cover it with the lid. You could probably leave it open if you want it to. But I think the I think the better results are going to be to cover it um, and get that moisture, retain that moisture in there. Sure. You know, every twenty twenty five minutes, pull it out. You want it to pull up some of that gravy and just keep brushing it on top and you're, you know, oh, yeah. um, basting it almost. Okay. You know, and from there, probably a good hour, hour and a half, you know, depending on, you're, you're looking for the tenderness of your meat and um, from there, you're going to pull it out and let it rest. Yeah. Okay. You know, and then you got this beautiful sauce mm-hmm. and this beautiful cut of meat. Yeah. Then you can get rid of your twine. Pull the yeah. twine off, you know. Uh-huh. Again, I would pull that twine off, let it sit in a place where you're, um, you're going to want to let it rest a little bit like we always encourage. Mm-hmm. And again, any of those drippings we're going to reserve. Mm-hmm. We're going to put that back into our sauce just as our final. 
You know, if you yeah. want it to really richen this up, I don't think you need to. But if you want it to richen it up a little bit more, huh. you could definitely throw a couple pats of butter in it. Oh, I don't man. think it's necessary. Um, but then you're going to just, you know, do a nice slice. You know, I don't I don't want to okay. sli- you don't want to slice these too thick. It's not about it's, a half inch, maybe. I don't even know. If, yeah. I mean, I think half inch would be the, the max. OK. okay you know, sure. I think quarter inch to a half inch would be the max. All right. You know, you, you want this to where you do not need a steak knife to eat this. Okay. Nice and tender. Yeah. Nice little red table wine to go along with it. Oh, yeah. Nice Sangiovese, all kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Holy moly. Yep. Well, that's delicious. My gosh, I'm hungry. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, and again, this is something that you can play with. Like, I think if you just uh, Google Brajol and look at some basic recipes, Mm -hmm. um, you know, all the Italians are going to have their own versions. Someone's grandmother is going to have their own version of what they grew up on. Sure. Um, but just a nice, slow roasted kind of a meal that mm-hmm. takes the uh, the strain of like getting to temperatures and stuff like that. Yeah. Where you know you, the, the your end results are going to be pretty amazing. Yeah, you can sort of kick back a little bit and relax. Absolutely, and sort it's of, not a high stress dinner. Sort of pay it. You could definitely have to pay attention. You to do it, a little bit. You can not, be a, a right. little more a little more relaxed. But but there's definitely uh, I definitely think you have some time to play with okay. you know and your sides depending on what you want to do with this you know you can offer some pasta with it if you wanted yeah you know vegetables there's all kind of things to play with on that on that front well I like it I'm gonna try this sounds yeah. good yeah you should so I'm gonna come back to you here Mark you're coming back to me yeah okay I'm gonna go ahead and do my little thing okay our uh, our special family holiday thing. As far as food's concerned, we're pretty, you know, Christmas is a pretty basic thing. I mean, usually we have a ham or something like that. You know, we, we usually, you know, not, nothing too special except for we, uh, my family is uh, mostly Slovakian and we do a drink called Jezuskove. I'm not going to spell that. Jezuskove. I trust you. <laughs> um, and I'm not sure I could repeat it. <laughs> and this is a Slovakian Christmas drink. Now, I've done a little bit of research, and I can't find it anywhere. So it could just be our family, or it could just be a northeastern Pennsylvania, uh, Lehigh Valley, Slovakian thing. Perhaps, I ha- yeah. I, ha- I have no idea. So you you tried to Google it, no results? No results. Well, we'll make sure after our, this episode comes out that yeah. that's going to at least pop up on one place, and that will be Relish Pod. Yeah, and if there's <laughs> any of you Slovaks out there and have heard of this, Jezuskove, let us know. That would be great. Yeah. So uh, run me through this. What is this? Okay. So basically, it's uh, sugar, water, and cinnamon, cloves, and caraway seeds. Caraway Everything seeds. all cooked down, okay. melted, simmered on a stovetop. Okay. And I, I'm go- we'll we'll post the recipe. Of course, we're just breezing through these things. Once your sugar is melted and you're 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 simmered a little bit, you're gonna add it at uh, like three quarter cups of honey, you know, lots of honey, and on top of that goes brandy or whiskey, and you simmer this all down for forty five minutes to an hour, so you have a delicious, syrupy, cinnamony, boozy drink. Okay, and let this cool. Strain everything and put it into a bottle. As you serve this, you're going to have to shake your bottle up a little bit and get everything mixed back up because it will separate. Okay. You know, Um, and uh, basically this is your toast drink. This is your Christmas Eve. Your family's all together. You pour everybody a nice little shot. Uh, In my family, by the time you're about seven years old, you get to drink Ejuskovac. Wow. You know, there's not a lot of booze in it. You can make it more boozy or less boozy, but for all of us, it was it was our first drink of alcohol with Jezuskovac. Right, no big deal, really. Right. You know, it's mostly honey and sugar and sure. cinnamon. Sure, um, and then on top of that is a little kick. You can make it as strong or as light as you want, and you, it's a nice toast. You sit back and you say, "I'm glad everyone's here. I hope we're all here again next year." Whatever it is you want to say, I have fond memories of my great grandmother. You know, giving these toasts, my my then my grandmother, my grandfather, all giving these toasts. Now my dad does it, um, and it's sort of passed on now to myself and nice. uh, you know my cousin Mike. Nice. Um, we all make our own. Uh, none of it's ever as good. You know, it's not as good as my dad's yet, but I don't know why. 
Uh, That'll probably come with time. You know, in our family, we typically use Christian Brothers uh, brandy, which is a brandy, okay? Yeah, uh, with just a, you know, you know, run of the mill cheap brandy. Sure, you know, nothing special. And you did mention that you can use a bourbon. Yeah, bourbon. and again, I would think that like you're not really you don't really need a, a high end no. bourbon here. No, don't waste your money on right. high end right. anything. Right. Um, you know, and, and just uh, a basic what can bourbon. I say? Yeah. It's so, kinda, so nice. the end results here is this kind of a thicker? Mm-hmm. Just kind of. I'm trying yeah, to get it's a pretty feel thick. for it. It is kind of. It's got, thick. got a therapy syrupy uh, a feel to it, um, but of course, it all depends on how long you let it simmer. Okay. Again, this kind of thing you can taste, you know, as you're going. And this with would be it. a sipping drink. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Sip it. Now it's so it it or, really turns like out very shot. sweet. We always do shot. You know, if you to put it, do a little two ounce shot. I I drink it in two sips because I like to savor it. It's it's just the thing you drink right once a year. Uh, but I, but you're not drinking like twelve ounces of this stuff. No, no you right. would get sick. Right. Okay. Yeah, you would not get drunk and but you would get sick okay <laughs> uh, and so. at this time is it cold it's not hot cold it's cold yeah, but okay. it's definitely something you can warm up okay you know uh on a cold night nothing wrong with that right you know you can definitely uh if you try this if you make this and you taste it you can see oh boy and yeah, this would be nice maybe in a, in a mug right you know but again it's pretty sweet you know right so you can't do too much of it nice yeah that's kind of why we do it just once a year that's really our only special little tradition. Um, something we used to do in my family, though, um, that I have fond memories of is Chapino. Chapino. Which is something that I requested that you talk about a little bit. Okay. In my family, we usually did it for New Year's. Okay. And my dad, who worked for years in Wilmington, Delaware, would stop by you know, one of the Wilmington fish markets sure. and we'll come home for new year's, like on new year's Eve and we would start making Chapino. Right now I have never made it myself. My sister's done it a few times, but at Giuseppe's Italian restaurant in Frostburg, Mark Witt sitting across from me here makes a delicious Chapino. And so I regard that as a holiday meal. Okay. Um, I don't know if others do or not. So that's why I requested that you talk about it. Well, I'm sure it has some, you know, uh, origins, in a holiday meal in the sense that you know it's the the ingredients can be a little bit high end because you're dealing with seafood yeah you know so it's a special, they, special occasion it could be a special occasion kind of yeah. dish yeah and i'm not sure you know you could google this the origins of it i think i think there is some genovese um okay. origin there but primarily it also it, it came really big from san francisco Okay, sure. And that's where uh, uh, some of the origins, and I'm sure a lot of the immigrants brought this kind of concepts over. And it's one of those dishes that, um, you know, it's a fish stew, essentially, but it's one of those dishes that there's no exactness to it. Okay. So um, what did you, what what is your family used to, I mean, what would you put in your chipito? So uh, shellfish. Shellfish. Scallops. um, Maybe some crab legs. Uh, shrimp, and uh, and then probably a a whitefish, maybe a cod, you know, or something like that. Right. You know, something with a little bit of meat to it. A little bit know, of meat, right? Yeah. But something that's not going to fall completely apart. Right. Like that, yeah. 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 You want you want something that's going to be just a little bit more durable in there. And a red and basically a red uh, sauce, red yes. broth. Yes, like okay. a red broth. That's yeah. exactly right. All right. Yeah. So when I make my chipino, you know, I make it. Uh, again, this is this is something there's there's no exact way to make a chipino. Okay. You know, the kind of what we're looking to do is get our end results, and I'll kind of run you through the basics here, mm-hmm. um, without without giving the, all the concepts away. Yeah. But essentially, what I'm doing is I'm taking peppers and onions, um, peppers and onions and garlic. Okay, I'm cooking those down, and one a couple of the key things that that I am putting in my chipino broth or sauce, if you will. Um, you know, some oregano, some basil, a little bit of seasoning, a little salt and pepper. Um, but definitely I'm putting a little bit of crushed red pepper. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely putting some fennel in there. Mm. Uh, I'm definitely going to put some wine in there. Okay. okay. And I'm going to let that all kind of cook cook well, around. Well, what kind of wine are we putting? Like a, just a dry white wine. Okay. I mean, I you know, use a red wine if you, can, yep. if you feel compelled. But Whatever. I just use a, okay. you know, um, a pretty cheap house, you know, white, a dry white wine. Sure. Um and then the next thing is I'm putting either fresh tomatoes or, you know, crushed 
uh, um, not even crushed tomatoes. I'd say more like a plum, like a, a good canned plum tomatoes. Yeah, okay. So you got tomatoes. Whole peeled tomatoes. Whole peeled tomatoes. Absolutely. There's a lot of good ones on the market. You know, they make those, uh, I can't think of the brand. I can see the, I can see that yellow can. It's the one that's uh, the organic fire roasteds. Sure. Um, Muir, Muir Woods? Muir, Muir Glen is that one. Yep. <laughs> okay, I think that's one. Go. Yeah. Those are always a good one. That's one of my go-tos. Um, I know they have them at Martin's and I, again, before real quick, um, you know, I always like to throw out um, wholesome harvest up there in Frostburg. Uh-huh. Um, I think I just saw them there the other day. She's got a lot of that good stuff too. Oh, okay. So they're on main street Frostburg. But um, so essentially um, some tomatoes, but another key thing here is stock. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some shrimp stock, some seafood stock. Okay. Okay. So depending on what you're going to do with this, um, if you have some stock existing, um, you want to have a good stock. Okay. Um, And I'm going to make that sauce first. I'm going to let that sauce simmer for hours and hours, you know, two or three hours, four hours. Um, And then the biggest thing for me is for my Chipino sauce is I like to puree it. Okay. I don't, I don't know why, you know, it just, to me, it just defines that sauce Sure. being pureed. I want those peppers pureed in there. I want those onions pureed, pureed in there. The garlic, I want everything into that puree mm-hmm. into a nice, smooth, smooth sauce. Okay. So then I'm starting from, I have my chipino sauce and, and now I have my ingredients. And from there, again, I just, um, I know you had mentioned that you, uh, you make this uh, for, Christmas or New Year's. I actually just made it from a mother-in-law on Thanksgiving. Yeah. And uh, from there, I'm taking a nice braising pan. Uh, start a little bit of olive oil, a little bit of garlic. I'm cooking that all together a little bit. And then I'm using, uh, that particular day, I used uh, uh, shrimp. You know, mm-hmm. my suggestion is to to leave the, the uh, peels. Don't peel the shrimp. Okay. You know, cook them whole. Um, scallops, nice, nice, mm-hmm. nice, nice. Uh, Nice ingredient for enchipino. Mm-hmm. Um, mussels, um, again, whitefish. Uh, we just got in some nice, beautiful rock uh, rockfish last week, mm-hmm. Maryland rockfish. That's perfect in a chipino. Yeah. Uh, but any of your, your, you definitely want like a, a nice whitefish. Mm-hmm. And you can find these things at the supermarket, you know. Yeah. But, um, and from there, I'm going to cook those a little bit. And you're not looking to cook this all the way through. You know, you're just kind of okay. like searing these off a little bit and then hit it with your chipino sauce and then just let it simmer. Okay. You know? Yeah. Let it simmer. You know, you want some herbs in there. You feel compelled. Yeah. Um, okay. Parsley, you know, basil. Definitely mm. put some of those things in there. Okay. All kind of different things. But the one thing I that I, I'm always going to do is I finish it with lemon zest. Oh, okay. That's, that's the key for me. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you got that nice tart, acidic, um, you know, tomato. That seafood, oh gosh, I can you know I can smell it right now. That nice seafood smell. Yeah, and then we're gonna top it off right as as we're plating it with some lemon zest. Okay, you know, yeah, and the the, the few times I've had yours, it always has a nice little bite to it. Yeah, and that's yeah. the that's the crushed red peppers. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and again, Just you can control amount. that. You don't need to put them in there. I don't know why I feel compelled to put crushed red peppers in into mine because it's I delicious. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's not you know that's it's one of those heats where it's. Um, you know, it's a different kind of heat. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like full on in your in your mouth, but it's just just enough that it kind of catches your attention. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, very good. Thanks for uh, thanks for discussing that a little bit. Yeah. And again, we can throw up a nice, uh, simple um, recipe on our website just to kind of give people a basic concept of what chipino is and how to approach it. You know, mm-hmm. and approach it in a way that uh, that's kind of user friendly. Yeah. Good. Good. So I think we can uh, we can wrap this episode up and by talking about holiday gifts. Holiday gifts. Lydia and I are big fans of giving gifts that you can eat. Yeah. Everybody has so much stuff. Why right. not give a basket full of cookies or breads? Spanakopita. Spanakopita. Agreed. Or baklava. Yeah, that's right. Mark, you know, we we uh we try to spoil you a little bit with that. Absolutely, stuff. and yeah. I appreciate it every year. Yeah. yeah. Um jarred pickles. That's a good one. You know, when I say pickles, yeah. I'm not just talking about cucumbers here. Lots of vegetables right. are delicious pickled. You know, that's kinda mm-hmm. you know, people are, are getting onto that trend of pickles. Um that's barbecue good. spice rubs. Nice. Oh, those okay. are nice, yeah. We did that one year. Yep. Uh, and curries, curries. Mm-hmm. You know, your your power. Make yourself a garam masala. 
you know, uh, grind it up and give it to your friends and family. Um, you know, what else you could all, you can buy local honeys. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we, um, we supported shift one year and they made mm-hmm. fresh sourdough bread for us. So we picked oh, up yeah. uh, fresh loaves of sourdough bread and then we had, yeah. um, pickled, um, peppers nice. and spanakopita and baklava. That's something that we always do because it's a very much requested. But yeah. it is very, the very labor. Both baklava and the spanakopita yeah. both are very. Yeah, and the spanakopita is on fire. <laughs> it's yeah, it really is. It really is. And it it yeah. won't be long. I'll be going to the grocery store and buying sixteen pounds of ricotta, know, cheese. Of ricotta cheese yeah. and, and parmesan cheese. Yeah. Just an un, just an obscene yeah. amount. Yeah, yeah. yeah which is fine. It's good for like once. It's very labor intensive, but the way that we um, give it to people is frozen, so that you can. Um, put it in a freezer, but most people eat it right away, but, um, you can put it in the freezer and when you do need it, like you just don't feel like cooking, mm-hmm. you can just pop it out and stick it in the oven. Yeah, you yeah. don't have to defrost it. You just yeah. throw it in until you start smelling it yeah. and it's crispy. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but we find that people really appreciate something that's consumable versus finding a place to put it in the house and, you know. Most of the gifts we give are going to go either in your freezer or in your cupboard for you to use to cook throughout the year. Yeah. And, um, you know, I definitely have, over the years, I've found myself doing the same thing of like at least something that I've made, some sort of gift. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our family's always kind of encouraged of something um, that you've made, even if it's not necessarily just food related. But, you know, I've been making maple syrup with some guys for the last 10 years or so. Yeah. A lot of people find themselves with maple syrup. Even we some did of my last house. Year. It's right, delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some of my house made tomato sauces or whatnot. Um, a couple years ago, I did actually did a batch of root beer. Oh, um, nice. Um, which hasn't made its way to back again. I just, uh, it was good. It was okay. Uh, it's one of those things I think you need to play with it several times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but bought a lot of great ingredients, the barks and the berries and all that stuff, and uh, bottled it. Kind of a little bit of a lengthy process, but that was fun. Mm-hmm. A great gift. And then one year I did, um, I don't even know why I did this. I made jerky. Uh-huh. Oh, cool. So it took a lot of high-end, like, nice meats. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was trying to get away from that store-bought, um, real high salty, a lot of mm-hmm. crap ingredients yeah. for a jerky. It made like tried to make like a nice whole natural jerky. What kind of um, cuts did you did you use? Um, so <laughs> I did tenderloin. Okay, but what I found was it was probably not fatty enough. Oh, okay. you know. So I definitely think again it needed something that was a little bit just had a little bit more fat on it, or I probably trimmed it trimmed it a little bit too lean. Yeah, um, it could have used a little bit more fat into it. Yeah, got okay. a little bit too dry. Yeah, that's a great um, idea, though. But that was fun, yeah. you know. And then, um, you know, my wife got involved with it as well, and we did nice little uh, packaging, you know. Uh-huh. So it was like homemade, you know, jerky with nice packaging. Cool, great gift idea, you know. Yeah. And they're, they're fun. Those kind of things are fun to keep around. Like, you know, I always feel like this time of year, you don't think of, you know, it is the the season of the holidays, and it's like kind of like in that giving mode, mm-hmm. you know. And I kind of think of people like, man, the guy who. You know, it takes my trash like week after week. Uh, like I really like I'm so thankful for that guy. Yeah. That it's like one of those people. It's like, here, have, have some of this jerky. Have some nice. of this just to be thoughtful and like say, hey, I really appreciate you. Very nice. You know? mm-hmm. Cool. You know, and there's all, all kind of those people around. Yeah. You know, not just family and friends, but people that you wouldn't necessarily think of. Yeah. Right. And it's, yeah. it's simple to do. And it, it's not expensive if you do That's it right. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. Absolutely. And you I can, think it's way more um people like it it's something that they don't have to say oh well i wonder what i'm gonna do with this now right you know, it's something like well i'm just gonna eat it and right. then it's gone absolutely the end it's of gone. It. Yeah. yeah 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 and the fresh stuff is great and the and the jarred stuff is perfect you know you can do a little bit later mm-hmm. um that bread idea that's a perfect one yeah you know? yeah. yeah it's great yeah so that's good and, and uh, then uh, you've got some cookbook reviews yeah two things i want to throw out there my two most uh recent cookbook purchases of course, we're here. We're, we're basically our whole thing is we want people to cook food and eat it at home because it's real food. Um, so uh, the first one I'd like to talk about is uh, there's um, a periodical called Lucky Peach, and a couple guys got together: Peter Meehan um, and David Chang, uh, both restaurateurs, chefs. They got together and they put together a. Uh, a magazine called Lucky Peach, and uh, go and check it out, everyone, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Please check it out. 
Now they're doing cookbooks. The most recent one that I have is called Power Vegetables. Okay, we all need to eat more vegetables. And basically, this is just a book full of great, beautiful, wonderful, interesting, slightly technical vegetable recipes. But um, I think people can tackle them. Everybody can do anything. You mm-hmm. just have to try and work at it. Right. Everyone can cook. You just have to work at it. Um, now, it gets got some pretty interesting you know, ingredients. You have to sort of up right. your pantry a little bit. But these days, I mean, we Amazon, you can get anything on Amazon. Yeah. You know, um, so if you really want to take up your vegetable game, Lucky Peach, Power Vegetables is my recommendation. It looks like a good one. <laughs> it's delicious, Mark. I haven't cooked anything out of it yet, but I've been literally reading this cookbook. But it looks like just from the cover, um, it looks like it's bringing to light a lot of vegetables that you wouldn't necessarily think of. Yeah. And I think a lot of people see these things and go, well, there's no way I'm purchasing that because I wouldn't even know what to do with that. Yeah. It's not like, I mean, I see some basic stuff on there and then I'm seeing some things that, that definitely are not your uh, everyday run-of-the-mill vegetables. Sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So that would be fun. Yeah. So, and then my next is something I picked up uh, at a used bookstore. This, I think, is from 2004 is when it came out. Um, another chef uh, named Molly Stevens, and she has all about braising the art of uncomplicated cooking. Now, this is a cookbook that I have not struck out yet on any recipe. Everything I've done has been absolutely unbelievable. Braising is a delicious, uh, basic cooking method um, that you, you, you almost can't miss, and you can do both vegetables and meats. So Molly Stevens, All About Braising, um, is uh, I'm definitely going to be giving it away for some gifts. Nice. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's there's some holiday gift ideas for everybody out there who's interested in food and cooking and upping their game a little bit and getting maybe a little healthy. And I'm sure you can buy these books on Google. I'm sure if you just Google, you can find them. But, you know, de- we definitely encourage, you know, shop local. We got yep. a great bookstore here in Cumberland. Yep. Um uh, book center, book, the book center, yep. and then we have Main Street Books in Frostburg, Maryland. Yeah. Um. So we got both the towns covered. Great people. If you don't, if they don't have the book, you know, get the They'll title. Order it. They'll definitely order it for you. You know. Um. Again, I'm sure you can get it on Google, but you know, support those local guys as much as possible. Well, yeah. Even if you don't live locally, you should always support your local bookstore. Right. Store. Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly yeah. right. Well, anything else, everybody, for holiday? Well, I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. You know, the final words that I always have to say is, you know, it's, again, we're we're trying to constantly build our website um, and getting our recipes on there and stuff. We're trying to get more exposure on Instagram and Twitter, and you can find those at Relish, at Relish Pod. And um, you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is Relish Pod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, slowly YouTube. growing. Slowly growing, yep. right. And our website at RelishPod.com. Um, mm-hmm. you know, again, we're always thankful for Lydia, our guest today yep. at record, talk, listen, and Thank all you. the things that she brings to the table for us. But she's really driving our bus. Right. So. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that's record, talk, listen.com. Yes. And the, um, Instagram is, I don't have an Instagram. You for don't record do Instagram. Talk that's no, right. No. But you Twitter. But I, yes, you I Twitter, tweet. You, yes. Twitter more, you tweet more than, than, uh. Right, you tweet. You're the tweeter. I'm yeah. the tweeter. Right. Yeah. Record talk list. Mm-hmm. At record. RTL pod, actually. RTL pod. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you very much for having me on your oh, show, guys. Thanks for joining, Lydia. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. Okay. So. so again, you know, until next time, we hope everyone has a great holiday and listen to our show. And again, if you have any uh, words of wisdom or anything you'd like us to talk about, you know, please look us up. Until next time, I'm Mark Witt. I'm Tim Gallagher. Where simple pleasures are gained by cooking what you eat. Thanks for joining Relish Pod. Bye-bye.